What is going on, movie lovers? Welcome back to another edition of No Content for Old Men. This is number 160. (laughs) Uh, This is the podcast where every week I give you reviews of the latest movies and some streaming suggestions for your weekend. As always, I'm your host, Matt Craig. Thank you so much for listening. This week, we are talking about Amazon Prime Video, which I think many, many people are subscribed to. Uh, but they're subscribed, you know, for the two-day shipping and don't get enough use out of the streaming platform. I'm here to tell you, Amazon Prime Video is here to stay and a major contender in the streaming wars. I'll tell you why, and then I'll give you 10 movies that you really need to see on Amazon Prime Video right now. Then we're going to hit all of the usuals, something new, something old, and something to stream. It's been a while since I've given those three categories, And here we are. We're back, baby. It's 2022. Time to get into it. I got some news for you. Amazon Prime is trying to win the streaming wars. The retail giant has nearly unlimited cash on hand. And though it's using some of that to ship toilet paper to you within hours of you clicking the button online and or take over the world, all while its founder tries desperately to escape the planet, Recent moves indicate the company is also dead set on surviving the media consolidation arms race. They're in the awards hunt on the movie side this year. They secured the rights to Thursday Night Football. They purchased MGM with its James Bond and Rocky IP for $8.5 billion. Oh, and this week they've released the first teaser for Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, which is quite literally a billion-dollar TV show. It's time to pay attention. I know many of you have an Amazon Prime account for the two-day shipping, and I would guess most of you aren't using the included streaming platform nearly as much as competitors like Disney Plus, Netflix, HBO Max, and I'm here to tell you that they have a very good movie library on Amazon, particularly, and surprisingly, their Amazon Studios originals from recent years. So without further ado, here's 10 movies on Amazon Prime Video that you need to watch. Number one, Inside Lewin Davis. While it's impossible for me to pick my favorite Coen Brothers movie, this is the one I think about the most. It follows the life of a sad sack musician in 1960s Greenwich Village, eager to blame cosmic forces for his failures and unable to accept that he doesn't quite have the stuff to make his ambitions become reality. Cast in the shadow and very much in the aesthetic of a young Bob Dylan, it provides reflections on the pursuit of meaning, while also producing a killer folk music soundtrack and locking in my undying devotion to lead actor Oscar Isaac for the rest of his career. This is a sad movie, but it's quite simply one of my favorite movies of all time. Number two, The Only Living Boy in New York. If it feels like I've pumped this movie dozens of times in my newsletter on this podcast, it's because I have. I admit I'm an easy mark for Mark Webb's overly sentimental storytelling like 500 Days of Summer, but I legitimately think this coming-of-age story about a young man in New York City who begins a relationship with his father's mistress is simply one of the most underrated movies of the 2010s. Killer performances from Jeff Bridges, Pierce Brosnan, and Kate Beckinsdale, smart writing, and the type of feel-good ending that will melt your heart every single time. Number three, Get Shorty. I'm really playing the hits here. This is one of my favorite neo-noir capers, nailing that delicate tone of super fun and also very exciting with a dash of mystery and complexity. Plus, 
You got John Travolta, Gene Hackman, Rene Russo, Danny DeVito, Delroy Lindo, and James Gandolfini. I mean, come on. Travolta plays a mafia bounty hunter who follows a mark out to Los Angeles and decides he wants to become a movie producer. What more could you really want? Number four, A Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I had to sneak in one more of my personal favorites in here. A number of Wes Anderson movies are on Amazon, but this he remains one of my favorite directors, and this remains my favorite of his work. Bill Murray plays an aquamarine documentarian who's reevaluating his life after his best friend dies, and he discovers he has a son, played by Owen Wilson. It's got all the usually lighthearted quirkiness and fun of typical Wes Anderson, while also creating a really touching emotional resonance about fame, legacy, and what really matters in our lives. I really just love it. Number five, A Train to Busan. Any short list of the greatest zombie movies of all time would be incomplete without this 2016 Korean thriller. A businessman, played by the salesman from Squid Game, takes his daughter on a cross-country train trip as a zombie apocalypse breaks out. Passengers on the train emerge as fascinating characters, including the son from Parasite, with differing responses to the crisis, which unfolds in one pulse-pounding action sequence after another, while still managing to build in plenty of emotional stakes and character development. It's such a fun and complete mastery of a well-worn genre. Number six, His Girl Friday. I limited myself to one, you know, quote-unquote old black-and-white movie, even though Amazon has the second-best Golden Era collection behind HBO Max. Like, if you've never seen 12 Angry Men, stop what you're doing. Stop this podcast right now and go and go correct that. But my choice was the snappy newspaper comedy starring Cary Grant as a newspaper editor and Rosalind Russell as his ace reporter. The two happen to be former lovers, and though Russell is engaged to another man, she's married to her work. And Grant uses the job to attempt to win her back. If you like the work of Aaron Sorkin, you'll love the machine gun dialogue and quippy repartee here. Number seven, do the right thing. This is the type of movie that should be disqualified from this list because it's too much of an all-time classic. But in my conversations and feedback from newsletter readers, I get the sense that certain people, I'll say it, white people, have simply ignored the masterworks of Spike Lee. Nothing is more iconic than this early masterpiece, also starring Lee as a pizza delivery boy at a white-owned pizzeria that becomes the site of racial violence in 1980s Brooklyn. It's a slice of life that escalates into a treatise on police violence, hitting like a ton of bricks by its remarkable conclusion. Number eight, what if? I really wanted to recommend The Big Sick, which I think is one of the best romantic comedies of the 21st century, but I've recommended it a ton of times, and I feel like most of you uh, all have probably watched it by now. If not, it's awesome. So I wanted to reach a little deeper, and coincidentally, it stars the same female lead. Here, Zoe Kazan teams with Daniel Radcliffe of Harry Potter fame in a stage adaptation about the friendship of a boy who's lost faith who's lost faith in love and a girl who's firmly committed to someone else. It's cute and funny and hits all those rom-com tropes in a way that's totally satisfying. It definitely deserves more love, pun intended. Number nine is Sound of Metal. I narrowed it down to just one more Amazon Studios movie, though if you're curious, here's a few more that are great. 
The Big Sick, which I already mentioned, Blow the Man Down, Manchester by the Sea, and especially the Japanese erotic thriller The Handmaiden is awesome. But I just don't think that this 2019 drama got enough love from you all, even after I praised it with a full review last year, which you can check out in the archives. Riz Ahmed is simply incredible as a drummer who loses his hearing, upending his life, his relationship with his girlfriend, played by the great Olivia Cooke, and bringing to the surface his struggles with substance abuse. This movie is super smart and just has an incredibly big heart. And finally, number 10 is Once. As much as I wanted to recommend Crazy Heart, the Jeff Bridges-led country music rom-com, I have to give it up to the king of the music movie, John Carney. I love his movies Begin Again, which is currently on Netflix, and Sing Street, but Carney's foray into the genre began with this low-budget entry about a street musician who starts writing songs with a girl that sort of sort of spell out their own love story as they're experiencing it. As with all his movies, it's unforgettable music and irresistibly sweet storytelling. All right, we're back to doing something new, something old, and something to stream. Every week, let's do this. This week's something new. I thought it was appropriate to pick a movie that came out on Amazon Prime Video since you guys will be spending time there this week. It's called The Voyeurs. The premise of this movie is basically take rear window but make it sexy. A promise it certainly delivers on. Warning up front, there's quite a bit of sexual content here. A couple moves in together and begins spying on a couple in the apartment across the way that appears cooler, richer, and more attractive than them, spiraling into a kind of obsession that leads to their lives eventually getting tangled up. It's one of those movies where the foundation of the narrative feels unsafe, proceeding with no safety net in a way that's really unnerving, reminding me of like Uncut Gems or the first time I watched Gone Girl. You can't help but constantly be yelling at the screen, no, don't do that, often while grasping the sides of your head. From a tonal standpoint, it's a huge success for first-time writer-director Michael Mohan and an absolute charisma showcase for lead actress Sydney Sweeney. She's going to be a star. Still, I can't help but feel a little disappointed by the way Mohan filled out some really good ideas and structuring with hacky, eye-roll-worthy dialogue and decision-making within scenes. Even more damning is the ending, which follows up an extremely satisfying, if horrifying, climax with an additional 15 to 20 minutes of, well, crap. Multiple endings, massive tonal shift, and the revelation that instead of trying to make a provocative psychological drama like, think, Ex Machina, Mohan, Mohan was actually trying to make a pulpy genre movie like, think, Basic Instinct. This could have been one of those independent gems among the top 20 or so movies of 2021, but instead it falls somewhere in the upper middle class of last year's slate. So proceed at your own discretion. This week's Something Old is from 1967. It's uh, streamable on Stars or Premium Video On Demand. It's Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. Rest in peace to Sidney Poitier, Poitier, sorry, the first black man to win Best Actor Oscar, and appallingly the only one for another 38 years after until Denzel Washington did it. While he won for Lilies of the Field, which I admit I haven't seen, but is streaming on our friend Amazon Prime Video, 
the essential Poitier movie has to be this 1967 classic starring three Oscar winners, the other two being Katherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy. It's an incredible cultural document to revisit, too, because of how shocking the premise was at the time. Poitier is going to meet his girlfriend's parents, a white family who don't know he's black, and most of the movie is them struggling to give him their blessing. It's absolutely worth your time. Something to stream this week is The Last Duel on HBO Max. Okay, I know none of you all went out to the theater to see Ridley Scott's medieval Me Too drama starring Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, and Ben Affleck. But as I tried to tell you back in October with a full movie podcast review, this movie is very good. I had it number 11 for the year of 2021. Now, there's no excuse since it's available in the comfort of your own homes and Since I know you lazy bums like to do this, it's divided into three individual chapters so you can watch the movie in multiple sittings, which is a good thing since the runtime is two hours and 32 minutes. Check out my full review for all the details. The premise, okay, it's a bit of a tough sell, and the ambitions are a bit more lofty than the true gladiator-esque popcorn flick one might be expecting. But anecdotally, I've gotten several texts and messages from people who have decided to watch it and were pleasantly surprised, even, I dare I say, dumbfounded as to how this movie could have become such a box office flop. It's really, really good, and you should definitely watch it. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week's show. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in. Thank you for spreading the word, yeah, sharing the the podcast and the newsletter with somebody who you think would enjoy our weekly chats, shall we say. Head over to the newsletter at mattcraig.substack.com to see my thoughts on the movie trailer for Last Looks, which is a new movie coming out with uh, Charlie Hunnam and Mel Gibson, which looks like a lot of fun. Um, That's also where you can, you know, get in touch with me um, by replying to the emails or leaving a comment on Substack. Or if you prefer, you can get in touch with me at Mr. Matt Craig on Twitter. I love hearing from you guys. What movies are you watching? What movies should I be watching? Hit me up. Uh, don't know what we're going to be doing next week because these releases just keep getting pushed back further and further. Um, so yeah, we'll figure that out to figure that one out. But until next Friday, guys, I guess I'll see you at the movies.